Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. (sighs) Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. All right, welcome. It is Bowerly News Radio 930 WBEN. We're here on uh, Thanksgiving Eve, and uh, you know, I you know there there is um, something called Occam's Razor. When there's a situation you don't understand, you look for the most logical explanation first before you start talking about chemtrails and cloud seeding. You look for the most logical explanation first. What is the commonality? If dogs are getting sick en masse, what is the common element involved? Is it snow? Is it road salt? Is it a specific food? Um, what do the lab tests show? Um, you, you, you have to go to the most logical explanation first. Like, we have people who believe in, in Bigfoot. And I'm sorry, but I do not and never will believe in Bigfoot until somebody actually produces a Bigfoot um, on my front porch. Then I'll believe in Bigfoot once I see one. But look at all the roadkill on your drive home, especially in the country. There's a lot of roadkill by now. Don't you think that somebody would have hit a Bigfoot? Uh, We have uh, tragically human beings um, every year who make very bad, well, have very bad things happen to them in uh, in road situations. Are, are, are we saying that Bigfoot, or would it be Bigfeet or Bigfoots? Are we saying that Bigfoots are smarter than, than we are? So I, I don't believe in Bigfoot because there's no evidence to support Bigfoot. Um, that being said, I have told you about, and I have showed you shown you on my Facebook page, um, amazing invisibility technology. It's called stealth personnel technology, as well as phantom bogey technology that I was uh, lucky enough to to break and have people sign off on the research that I had done. So yeah, if I'm well aware that there's some bizarre stuff out there. I never would have believed in a million years in invisibility suits, and yet I know they exist. And I, I, I've proven that they've existed. Um, so it's not that I'm not open to alternative theories of things, 
But if you're going to offer an alternative theory, it's got to have some evidence to it. I, I produced the evidence. I gave you the beef on my situation. And uh, I haven't seen any beef on Bigfoot, and I haven't seen any beef uh, on... Well, the dogs are getting sick because of weather manipulation. The dogs are getting sick because of uh, uh, clouds, cloud seeding. Uh, I, I, I just, I, I, I would need to see evidence of that, and I, I don't see any. And one of the things that I learned from my situation is before you make a claim that sounds out of this world, you need to have the evidence first. If I'd have had the evidence first, <laughs> none of certain things would have happened, but I didn't. And that was my uh, that was my mistake. But I told you, I always told you I was going to prove it to you, and I did. And you can check out my Facebook page and do your search, and you'll find some pictures that are exactly what I have described: stealth personnel. The one suit is circa 2008. I know this because I've spoken with people involved in the project, um, and they've spoken with me, and they were very interested in how I broke the technology and how I figured things out. Just saying. Uh, there are some weird things in this world. I know that firsthand. Um, and I wouldn't say that if I couldn't prove it absolutely 100% beyond any shadow of any doubt. But the question is, uh, the, the, this is from an email that came in. Um, actually, it came in yesterday, but I do want to share it with you again and just see if this is ringing any bells with you. We want to establish if this is, if this is a pattern, if this is some kind of an epidemic, or and, and if it is, what is the commonality? What's causing it? Uh, the snowstorm, November 2.0, my dog became very sick, vomiting, not eating, or drinking. The third day, Sunday, after he vomited blood, we went to the vet, who made a funny comment. She said, something must have come down with the snow because she'd had three or four dogs come in with similar illnesses I go back on Monday, more tests, and the waiting room is packed. So many emergencies. One of the employees mentions another vet's office had reached out to see if they were also seeing a lot of sick dogs, gastritis, because they also had a lot of emergencies. Today, Tuesday, I can't get my dog to drink or even take his meds, so he's hospitalized. X-rays, ultrasound, blood work, all normal. So, by the way, if uh, the blood work is all normal, doesn't that exclude certain things? I'm not sure what they test for uh, when they do lab work or blood work on, on dogs, but if there was something chemically going on, wouldn't the uh, lab panel show that? That's a question mark. Uh, she's spent $5,000 so far, and she also writes, My daughter-in-law went for a routine visit with her pup to the vet in Boston, New York, and the vet mentioned that she is inundated with 20 emergencies. I also know of a couple of dogs having digestive issues but did not see need to see a vet. Now, as far as the veterinary emergencies, could a veterinarian be inundated because people simply couldn't get to the vet before with all of the snow? And before the dog could get to the vet, the illness had allowed to sit in uh, the body and, and become more. In, in other words, instead of getting to the illness right away, it was allowed to fester until it became an emergency situation because nobody could have gotten to the vet's office, including the veterinarians. Could that be uh, an explanation? I don't know. But uh, if, if you have dogs with this situation, 
um, I would uh, I would like uh, I would like to know. I don't I don't want to hear any more theories because uh, I just I think some of the theories uh, are are just are just a little bit weird, and I I just don't want to go down George Norrie Lane today. Um, sometimes, yeah, but this isn't one of them. So what I really what I really want to hear. Uh, from is people who actually have dogs that are in fact sick because I think that question number one is are we seeing some kind of an epidemic of sick dogs question number two do they share the same symptoms question number three um, what commonalities do they have is it food is it proximity to road salt or road chemicals Uh, what's going on that would be I think the way to approach this before we uh, before we start getting into too many more theories, because I've noticed that uh, while some of the theories, the the early people who called in, I, I could see some validity to what they were saying. Um, some of them are so far out there, I don't even want to put them on the air, to be very honest with you. Um, and for example, if it's uh, if it's uh, if it's lake bacteria, then how come every dog isn't getting sick if it's something from the lake because it's lake effect snow? Wouldn't the cold temperatures aloft have killed any bacteria from the lake? And that's a question mark. I don't know the answer uh, to that. But, you know, again, there are some theories that I think kind of sound like they're reasonable, and there are some, to me, that kind of sound like they're so far-fetched that they can be uh, dismissed. I mean, you got to approach a situation like this. Anytime you see a situation you do not understand and you're looking for an answer, you always win when you apply Occam's razor to the unknown. It's the best possible thing you can do. Hey, that's what I did. Took me a while, but I did it. Uh, let's go to Jake in Amherst. Jake, you are on WBEN. Hello. Yeah, Jake. Good to, uh, good to talk to you again, Tom. I have uh, my dog got sick about three days ago. Same identical symptoms as what made me kind of call in and kind of connect things. And I, I was fortunate to have antibiotics for my pet on hand that are for like stomach issues and respiratory. And I was able to give him a combination. And within about a day and a half, he got a lot better. And he's back, somewhat back to normal now, about 75%. And interestingly enough, I talked to my brother just now who lives up in Batavia, he had two cats that ate snow, and they came down getting sick. So it's just kind of unique. My dog, I can't be fooled because I make his own food. You know, but if, if it's – here's here's the thing. Okay, you say it couldn't be food because you make your dog's own food. Here, here's what I'm not grasping. If it was about eating snow, shouldn't every single dog in the area, which would be in the hunt, would probably in the tens or maybe even hundreds of thousands, shouldn't they all be sick? It could be, but it all depends how much they had in contact with the snow, how much they possibly ingested. Because my dog had a case, he's a beagle, uh, and early when we had him, he had capability, he loved drinking like pond water. And the symptoms that you're saying tend to be like vomiting, blood, or, you know, having blood in their stool, it all tends to be from, like, bacteria in the water. So it could be subjective, just a, just uh, an idea, you know. Well, I mean, you know, here's, here's another question, though. If it was bacteria, wouldn't it show up in blood work? Wouldn't it show up in, forgive me for saying it, stool samples? Um, wouldn't it show up in the body chemistry? 
Right, no, you know, you know how you have an infection and you go into the doctor and they, they do a swab to see exactly what bacteria is causing something so they know which antibiotic to give you? Not necessarily. Usually if you go on for like a uh, urinary tract infection or some other kind of infection, they may take a swab, but it may give you a general uh, antibiotic that clears it up, uh, clears up like any kind of urinary tract infection or bacterial infection. So by the time they might do a sample or a test, Later on, like a blood workup or something, you're basically going to uh, the bacteria is going to be killed off and eliminated. Yeah, but I mean, what I'm what I'm wondering is, um, wouldn't the bacteria show up in the test if if the dog comes in through the veterinarian and the dog is symptomatic and they do the and they do the work? Why wouldn't that show up? Well, they would have to get first of all picture trying to draw urine from an animal. It's not like you can ask the animal to pee in a cup. Oh no, they they can they can do it. They do it very easily. They do it all the time with cats, and I don't know if they do it with dogs. I'm sure they they can. Just a question of squeezing yeah. the bladder in the right place. Yeah, and then the stool sample is is going to have bacteria naturally in it too. You know, with your coli uh, already being in there, so it's hard to you know link it. So I'm just giving you some you know. Ideas, possibilities, is just kind of weird. That, you know, we have. Well, no, you, 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 you yourself and your brother have had the same experience. So uh, I, I appreciate it. I, I don't know. I don't know what to say. Yeah, and I see my dog's a backyard dog. You know, it just stays in the backyard, never goes out front. So it's, uh, and I live pretty close to you. So, so yeah, does that rule? Does that rule out the the salt in the snow thing? Um, I it, would probably, I would probably not think it's the salt. You know, somebody else that picked up. You could have had contamination from, let's say, from waste treatment plant. You know, made a major discharge that nobody knows about. You know, it got into the water too. Who knows? Well, but you know, we're not seeing we're not seeing a whole bunch of sick human beings, to my to the best well, of my knowledge and belief. That's not that's not what they get our water through. Their water's already treated. It's drinking water. You know, but what actually gets discharged into the lake? Or a river, it's a right? But how? But what does your dog drink water-wise? I mean, we used to had a, having had a dog. We used to fill it up from the kitchen sink the same as we drink. No tap water, same right. way. You know, but I'm talking about the sewer. Your drinking water is already the discharge from the sewage treatment plants. It's already treated somewhat, but if it actually has like an overflow, if their systems be become overburdened, they can actually have a release. You know, and, yeah, and I, 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 I don't understand why that also wouldn't affect human beings. Um, I, I thank you. I thank you very much. I, I appreciate the call. Um, 803-0930, star 930, 1-800-616-WBEN. When we would give the dog water, it would just come out of the faucet, and we'd use the same faucet. So if it was something like that, why wouldn't people also be calling in saying, oh, my gosh, my father's in the hospital with this symptom? I, I, I don't know. Uh, take another call on this. We'll get on to uh, some other things as we uh, as we uh, move along. Here's uh, John in uh, Alden. Uh, John, they tell me you are a veterinarian. Is that correct, sir? Yes, sir. All right. So first of all, have you noticed a big increase in uh, your uh, canine patients with these kinds of gastric symptoms? Um, it actually happens quite often throughout the year. It. it it's not necessarily time to any season, but this kind of these kind of symptoms actually can be relatively common. Just had a had a staff member who had her dog um, had that issue. Um, so uh, just a couple things though. Um, there is a, a syndrome called HGE, which is hemorrhagic gastroenteritis, and most of the time, 
There is no known cause for that. There can be, you know, stressors. Stressors are stress that stresses the dog. It, it activates the adrenal system. It's, it's a complex system, but they can, they can demonstrate these signs, and it, it comes on suddenly. Um, it's usually treatable. Um, and the other thing I want to address is when, when vets check blood work, they're not necessarily looking for the specific diagnosis. Um, with bacterial disease, you might see an elevation in white blood cells, but you may not. And when dogs, if a normal dog comes into a clinic, because of stress factor, you can see mild elevations in white cells. So you're not always going to pick up bacterial infections. And then another thing to point out is, and it's probably not the cause here, but there is a bacterial disease called leptospirosis. And you have to specifically look for that organism. You have to run titers for that. So most of the time, you're not going to do in-clinic diagnostics for that. It's, if you're suspicious, you treat with appropriate antibiotics, run titers. When they come back positive, maybe you got it. So um, based on how long have you been listening to the show, John? Um, probably about a half hour, maybe. So based on what people have described, what do you believe is the most likely explanation and what can be ruled out? most likely probably that that syndrome hge hge stands for hemorrhagic gastroenteritis and that's where a dog has either bloody vomiting um sometimes coffee grounds if the bleeding has been occurring long enough bleeding in the intestines that usually is causes dark stools or bright red blood out the you know the rectum it's hemorrhagic gastroenteritis and there are certain causes of that but most of the time uh, you know, there is no known cause. Hmm. You simply treat. You can run every test known to man, and if it all comes back normal, you treat for HGE, and most dogs respond. But it can be lethal. It depends. Your dog also has hookworm infection, for example, or something else. It's a mess. How about cats? Uh, cats, a little bit different. We don't really see HGE in cats. You know, cats tend to get things like, you know, pancreatitis and triaditis, lymphoma, the GI tract, things like that. But dogs? All, all throughout the year, uh, Tom, you know, if we see a dog a week with bloody diarrhea, that's normal. You know, we get calls every week. You know, sometimes you get these monsoon diseases, and lepto is one of those where, you know, late summer, early fall, we get a lot of rain. We see a lot of people coming in going, dogs are vomiting and diarrhea. Just because it rained? You know, who knows? But it happens. Um, Frustrating. Frustrating for owners. Wait, could could it also be the fact too that people were not able to get in to see their vet in some cases in timely manners? So by the time the animal got to you, it was a lot sicker than it would have been uh, had there been earlier treatment. Yeah, but not necessarily. And you know, the last couple of years coming out of COVID, frankly, it's been hard to get your dog into a vet or your cat into a vet, and uh, getting into the emergency rooms can sometimes be difficult too. But, you know, again, and some people, you know, like, okay, he's got some vomiting, diarrhea, maybe it happened once before. Look, if I just give him water and bland meals and things like that, I'll ride it out. Maybe it'll get better. And sometimes people make that judgment as well. It doesn't mean they're bad owners. They're just like, well, you know, maybe he's just going to get better. And then uh, there's also, you know, can the vet get the dog in? You know, if there's a lot of cases, there's only so much a particular clinic with so much staff can do, you know. Uh, Very, very interesting. John, thank you very much. Appreciate the input. Absolutely. Yeah, you know, hopefully we uh, we have solved that. Hopefully HGE. Um, so you can look that up online. Maybe that is the answer. I mean, that sounds that sounds like a very reasonable, rational answer given what people um, have said.
and uh, perhaps people noticed it more because of the snow, maybe because you're spending more time with the dog, possibly, perhaps, I don't know. But uh, again, it's it's like I always say, when you're confronted with a mystery, you got to look for the most logical, likely explanations first before uh, going into the uh, ones that are not so likely. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress-them-on-the-third-date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. All right, it is uh, Bowerly News Radio 930 WBEN. Uh, Jimmy Love said I was shuffling into the studio today. Um, I prefer to think of it as tripping over my manhood. Um, that is what... <laughs> I also prefer to be delusional. Anyway, uh, welcome. It is uh, Bowerly on News Radio 930 WVEN. <laughs> How you doing? Thanksgiving Eve. By the way, this is uh, it's a big, well, you know what? I don't know anymore if Thanksgiving Eve is a big night for going out and listening to live music. It probably is, at least for some people. But COVID, the, the, the whole pandemic took so much out of the local music community and changed the way it operates. For example, the band Joyride was killed. Joyride was a huge wedding band. They probably played your wedding. You were probably at a wedding at which Joyride played. Well, COVID did in the band. Uh, it, 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 it killed it killed Joyride. They'd still be playing today. They'd be playing into their 80s and 90s, except for the pandemic. Yeah, it killed, it killed the band. Uh, but here's, here's the thing about COVID. And I wish that more 
people who ran music venues understood this because I observe these things. In the pre-COVID days, okay, nobody, especially the people in the bands, nobody much enjoyed 9.30 start times. Nobody much enjoyed that because that means, you know, you got to get there, you got to fight your way through cars and traffic to set up. Then you had to find another place to park unless they reserved a spot for you. Um, you set up. Then you play your sets. Then you got to tear down and go home. And if you start at 9.30, you're ending, eh, you're ending at about 12.30, 1 o'clock. Then you got to tear down. By the time you get home, you're looking at 2 o'clock in the morning. And a lot of these guys in bands, they work full-time jobs. You would be amazed. I mean, <laughs> there are doctors and lawyers who play in local bands. There are people who are in the medical field who play in local bands. There are people with um, engineering degrees and IT specialists who play. They're always the keyboard players, by the way. Uh, they And the bass players never move. The, the, the bass players, seriously, the, the, the bass player is a very interesting part of any band because I think it's the only part of any band where you could actually be pronounced dead and still perform on stage. Every bass player looks dead, except one that I can think of, um, Shane Davis. But that's, <laughs> sorry, I got to have fun. And the drummers, by the way, the drummers wish they were the singers because the singers always, at least the guy singers, always get the women. You could be the worst singer in the world, but you will get the women. Be the worst guitar player in the world, you're still going to do okay for yourself. You can be the best drummer ever, and nobody ever sees you. Isn't that right, Bill Mason? <laughs> Bill plays in about 80 different bands locally. But the, the whole drumming community is fascinating because all of these people know each other in the local drumming community. But getting back to the whole start time thing, the old days, some bands could get away with the 9.30 start time. But I, I just I, you, you've got to know, if, if you own a bar or a restaurant, use your own eyes Use your own cash register uh, information. You will see what happens now in 2022. It's been going on for a couple of years now in, in bars. You start a band, 7.30 is, I would say, almost universally agreed by people in bands. 7.30 is the best start time because it gives them time to get off of their full-time job and then get to your place and set up. And what happens is, typically, they will play their first set, which is kind of long. And usually, no matter how good the band is, especially this time of year, it's a little bit different in the summertime, a little bit different summertime holidays. You can get away with playing until 11 o'clock and midnight and still have a really good crowd. But this time of the year, typically what happens is people are good for about two, two and a half hours. And the bars and the restaurants, they will empty out at roughly 10.30 to 11 o'clock. 10.30 to 11 o'clock. So if you're having a band starting at 9.30, I'd really like to know what your cash register receipts say at the end of the night about the early take versus the later take. 
I'm just saying, if I owned a place, the bands would start at 7.30, they would finish at 10.30, 10.45, and I would realize that most people are gone by 11 o'clock. Certainly, most people who are spending the most money are gone by about 11 o'clock. Again, there will always be exceptions to everything that somebody can say. But tonight may or may not be the busiest night of the year at your local establishment. I have no idea what it's going to be out, what it's going to be like out tonight. But uh, again, as somebody who I try to pay attention to these things, when you look around, um, you will notice that typically after a band, and they can be a great band, but after they play one set and it starts to be a little bit later, Things generally uh, empty out, and the days of bands doing three or four sets with 20-minute breaks in between, those died years ago. It used to be a band would play a 45-minute set, then take a 15, 20-minute break. Then they'd play a 45-minute set, take another break, then a 30-minute set, then another 30-minute set. The whole whole, uh, roadmap of set lists and local bands has changed dramatically over the course of the past 20 years. Generally now, a band is going to do two longer sets. The first one is going to be the longest, then a break, and then typically a shorter second set. You typically are going to get two sets out of a local band. And uh, it's it's interesting. I'd like to uh, I got to talk to some of the guys from some of the local bands uh, about this. The conversations I have had with people in the bands, uh, I tend to get a lot of agreement on everything uh, everything I just said. Um, and again, it doesn't matter if you're really good, or it doesn't matter if you do it as a hobby. Crowds are crowds, and people, it seems to me, are not staying out late anymore. We're, we might be open in Erie County until 4 o'clock in the morning, but uh, you might have the legal uh, authority to be open until then. I'm not sure how many joints are really open until 4 a.m. in terms of crowds anymore. My goodness, back in the 1980s, a place like uh, Crawdaddy's, it absolutely was open until 4 o'clock. It, it, it might have died down a little bit, but you still had a lot of action 3.30 in the morning, quarter to 4 in the morning. And when I say action, trust me, it was the 1980s. But, Josh, you're a young man. Um, I'm, now, I realize that you live, you live in the sticks, and, and that, that's totally cool. I realize that cow tipping is the major point of amusement and entertainment where you live. But you're a young guy. What are you noticing about the the bar crowds? Because this typically is one of the big going out nights of the year. It's funny you bring it up, actually. Me and my girlfriend were talking about this uh, earlier today because we had some friends we were making plans with to go out and do some stuff. Um, but, no, it's it kind of depends. Like Obviously, like the big days are Sundays and Saturdays. Cause, well, Sundays during football season, at least, because of the Bills games and everything. But... I mean, there's a few places we go around near us where, I mean, we've we gone we've gone out on a, a Thursday before and people are out till two three in the morning and I'm like, what do you guys do? Like obviously, like me and my girlfriend would have the day off the next day, or, and I usually don't have to get up that early for the shift anyway. So, but I'm looking around at some of these people and I'm like, what do you guys do for jobs? Like, <laughs> and 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 you know we follow them on like social media and things like that, and some of the some of the people I know. 
Like they're out like every night of the week sometimes. And it's like, it's, it, it, but they're out till like two, three in the morning. And I'm like, what do you guys do for work? Like, <laughs> how do you do this? You know? So, but I mean, it's, I, I guess it's, a, it's, it's interesting though with like, like, cause I came from like the, the whole college scene down in Fredonia and then took a break from everything for a little bit. And then when me and my girlfriend started going out, we started going out to these places in like the South towns and then in Buffalo and things like that. And it's, it's a much different dynamic, but in the same, at the same time, it's in, it's the same thing. It's just a little different groups of people. Well, see, I, now I'm starting to wonder, is it an age thing? Are, are, are people in their 20s still staying out until 3 or 4 in the morning, but people in their 40s and 50s say, all right, that's enough. We got to go home and go to bed. I mean, there's times where, like uh, it, I, like I said, it kind of depends on the day of the week and like where you're at, too. But like, like when we go downtown, it's usually people our age. But when we're like in the, the southern tier and stuff, it's – it's more a mix and it it's sometimes like it'll be two three in the morning and i'll be playing darts with somebody that's twice my age and we're just talking about the bills or talking about the sabers or whatever and it's like well it, it's it's interesting but like i said it, it's kind of it depends on where you go i think you know that's just really interesting because here i am i i don't think people are staying out late like they used to not in the numbers they used to stay out and the the places I go, it, it, the there, there's quite a disparity in age, but nonetheless, I have noticed that they, and, and this started even before COVID, but COVID made it even more pronounced, that after the first set, you know, 10, 30, 11 o'clock, places would start to empty out. And it, I, I always thought to myself, wow, why not just start the bands earlier and get as much as you can during the peak times people are going to be drinking. And even with Uber and Lyft, people are not drinking as much as they used to, I don't think, because of, obviously, the increased awareness uh, about DWI. Yeah, and I think another thing is it kind of depends on, like, if the establishment that, like, has a band is purely a bar or if it's a bar restaurant, because... There's one place we go where it's just a bar, and if they have music there, they play as long as they can. And it, and then at the other place, there's really no place for music, but they still – and they're a bar restaurant, but there still are people there late at night. There's usually – that's where people go to close it down. And and it's, it's interesting because, like, sometimes the music's the attractor, and other times it's just – that's where everybody goes, so everybody goes there. Very, very interesting. Um, I, I got to put something up on Facebook. I wonder if people want to talk about this at all, about whether people are actually staying out late. I might do a, I might do a whole mix of topics in the final hour of the show. I might, I might throw that into the mix. I you'll, might do three different topics in the five o'clock hour. You'll have to come down to my neck of the woods sometime, and I'll show you, show you how we do it down there. All right, I'll get my horses all set to go. An eighteen-hand horse will have it ready to go. Um, okay, uh, I gotta grow a beard first, Josh. Uh, it get a straw hat, little black pants, suspenders, white shirt, be all set. Gotta learn how to make moonshine too. Oh, uh, dude. No, I'm just kidding. Dude, I love moonshine. Moonshine is awesome. No, it's it's great. It's it's best when it's homemade, but oh illegal goodness. homemade, of course. Well, I mean, hypothetically speaking, if you had access to moonshine, um, just saying that I would uh, hypothetically be willing to hypothetically. 
purchase the hypothetical moonshine that doesn't exist in anywhere but our hypothetical universe, hypothetically. Looks like uh, my brother is going to be doing the show on Black Friday. If that changes, you'll get me. So one way or the other, you'll be covered. We have to figure out the whole wishbone thing. It's probably going to be Dick, but it might change at the last minute. That's cool. Work is cool with it. Uh, you know, if they let us do our own thing, they leave us alone. They foolishly, they trust us. It is uh, 4:53 at News Radio 930 WBEN. So uh, I think I, mean, I hope that we've answered that whole question about what is making dogs sick, because John, who says he's a veterinarian, we have no reason to doubt him. Um, and you, you looked at his. Uh, never mind. Uh, so anyway. Uh, he says the most likely explanation is H-G-E. H-G-E. You can look that up and see if that makes the most sense. And from what he said, in my opinion, that makes the most sense. But it's like I've told you a million times. When, whenever you're faced with a mystery and you don't know the answer to the mystery, you always start with the most logical first and then work your way down to the least logical um, whether it's a UFO or, I'm sorry, unidentified aerial phenomena you see, or whether it is a ghost you think you saw, whatever. You always try to eliminate the most obvious, logical choices first before going to the stuff that is, uh, well, it's a little bit out there. And, hey, sometimes a little bit out there proves to be the explanation, but... If you're going to offer something that is a little bit out there, please take it from me. <laughs> Have your evidence first. Have the proof first. That is the best thing to do because there is some proof that is impossible to refute. Even if you are making astonishing claims, you well, especially if you're making astonishing claims, you need to be able to present astonishing evidence of your claims in order to be believed. Uh, that's very, very important. Personally, don't you love solving mysteries? <laughs> don't we all have mysteries every day? The hell did I do with my cell phone? Speaking of that, car keys. Where are the car keys? Where's the fob for work? Oh, my goodness, my wallet. What happened to the wallet? Do, do you go through that at home? Because uh, And have you noticed, too, um, if you live in a home that doesn't really have a lot of light, and frankly, a lot of the older homes were not built like they are today in terms of being uh, very well lit, a lot of stand-up lamps in, in the older homes, but uh, your cell phone might be black, your wallet might be black, your car key might actually be black if it's one of those special keys, and sometimes it gets lost in the shadows. It's, uh, it's hard to see. But seriously, once a day, I bet you lose something. And the best way to deal with that, and even though I'm going to say this, I, I still am as guilty as anybody else, best way to deal with it is to always try to put the same thing in the same place every time. Don't leave your things in unfamiliar places like don't put your cell phone on the arm of your couch if you don't usually put it on the arm of your couch because you'll never think to look there. Anyway, it's uh, can, can you tell that I might have left a cell phone on the arm of my couch a few times? All right, we're going to have a whole uh, a whole bunch of things uh, we're going to get into in the uh, 5 o'clock hour and uh, see if you bite this night before Thanksgiving on News Radio 930 WBEN. I think we can have a little bit of uh, fun, a little bit of fun with a purpose or 
Did I steal that from Highlights for Children? Probably stole that as the attorneys from Highlights for Children send their cease and desist. Anyway, it's Bowerly on News Radio 930 WBEN. Please nobody say gobble gobble in the final hour. I've just cursed myself. Everybody will be saying gobble gobble in the final hour of the could never stand that. I don't know why. Josh is laughing. Gobble gobble. I uh, I knew I I opened myself up to that. Door now wide open. Knock yourselves out. On News Radio 930 W B E N. You guys are weird. That's why we make such a good pair. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal. So why not refresh your home with a little help from blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one... They're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.